Well, I was trying to work out how many carol services I've been to at Beach Hill Church, or Bethel, as we used to call it. And um, I've been to the to them for 23 years, without missing any years, as far as I can remember. Um, and they're probably an average of three a year. So uh, I'm, I'm doing well, I think. Over 60. Over 60. And you know what? I still love them. I still love them. And the good news tonight is because we're earlier... Um, there might be a chance of getting back in time to see Carols from Kings on the TV. And if I am back in time, I shall be watching it because I love that too. Um, but it is, isn't it great to, to come together uh, to sing these great um, carols of worship to, to God and to read from his word and to think a little bit about it. Before we do that, uh, I'm just going to pray for us. Dear Lord, uh, thank you for the marvellous Christmas story. Thank you for its wonder. Thank you for the amazement um, that there is in it. I pray that this evening, as we look at it a little bit more, that we would be surprised and amazed yet again. Amen. Amen. Nothing happened. We've gone past it now. I've gone past it. <laughs> we've got, we, we, if you don't come, you don't know the story here. But, um, I am, I am the world's worst clicker, um, and I always rush on. But I thought this one was going to be more, more, more my kind of clicker. That obviously no clicker is my kind. Of clicker. Anyway, all right. <laughs> um, apologies. Um, yeah, the the uh, the title of, uh, of the, the short talk that we've got this evening is "Step Into Joy." Um, Joy, uh, the joy of Christmas. It's in the reading that we've just had. It's in a lot of the carols that we sing. The joy of Christmas. But I've subtitled it Being Surprised by Christmas. Because I think there's a, a huge danger, um, especially you know, if you've been to 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 uh, carol services, that the familiarity of the Christmas story uh, can begin to blind us to the amazement uh, that we should see as we read it. So, um, it's stepping to joy, being surprised by Christmas. Fear. Um, now, in theory, in theory, there was going to be a picture of fear from inside out on here, but inside fear from inside out has got squashed, and, and we've lost him. We've lost him off the side. So you're going to have to take my word for it a little bit as to what he looks like. We'll come to that in a moment. Um, but we're going to we're going to look at. Um, the, uh, the the passage that we looked at in, in three sections. Um, so first of all, let's just reread the first bit um, of it again together. And there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. We all probably know, don't we, the sort of comfortable image of the first Christmas. A beautiful baby lying in clean straw. Uh, salt of the earth shepherds bringing a cuddly lamb. A heavenly choir of angels singing beautifully. Well, I think we need to think of again a little bit uh, this evening. So should we try again? Should we sort of restart that again? And think about baby born amongst animal muck. I was tempted to use a stronger word, but then thought I probably shouldn't. Uh, exhausted, smelly shepherds of scraggy Middle Eastern sheep, destined probably 
for bloody temple sacrifice, because that's what a lot of the sheep around that area would have been used for. An army of angels. No singing mentioned, no singing mentioned, just an army of angels putting literally the fear of God into the shepherds. That's actually the scene that we're presented with. Fear is a useful emotion. In Inside Out, and I did my research this week, so I, I watched the film again. It's brilliant, okay? Um, if you're looking for a film to watch this Christmas, watch Inside Out. But I watched it again. And in, in Inside Out, fear is a very, very useful emotion. Fear is a, is a, is a wimpy guy, obviously, who's scared of everything. And because he's scared of everything, there are fewer, there are fewer, um, dangers uh, that people fall into. There are fewer things that happen to them because he's always diverting them away from the danger. But you know, fear is not just for wimps. Fear is also for tough guys. Tough guys can be scared too. Now I think these shepherds would have been pretty tough guys. They were manual labourers. As we read in a passage, they're out often through the night. Why are they there through the night? Because they're guarding the flocks. Why are they guarding the flocks? Because in that region, there are almost certainly wolves and other beasts that would love to have a sheep uh, for supper. So they're going to be tough guys. But probably also, they're what I would call practical atheists. So, yes, they were possibly working for the temple authorities. Yes, they would have performed all the the rites and rituals uh, of Judaism. Um, yes, they probably would have been vaguely supernatural in the sense that they would have, you know, said, yes, God does, you know, amazing things. But let's get that in context. There's no recorded miracle up until this point for six, oh, well, actually, maybe John the Baptist's. Um, but if you, if you go back before the start of the New Testament, there are no recorded miracles for 600 years. So it's not something that happens every day. They wouldn't have expected it. And suddenly, in the sky, these tough guys see something that Luke says filled them with absolute fear. Not surprisingly, they wouldn't have expected something supernatural. It was way out of their experience. They would certainly not have expected um, God to speak to them. And angels, if they thought about them at all, were scary, scary things. They were the things that... that uh, that were God's, literally God's army. They were the things that uh, protected Eden uh, with a fiery sword, probably protected uh, the Holy of Holies. They were cherubim anyway, were woven into the curtain uh, of, the, of the temple. These, these were scary things. They didn't expect to see them, and if they, if they see them, they're absolutely scared because of what they are. They would have frozen, absolutely frozen in terror. And that is exactly what Luke presents us with. But as we said, fear, as well as being quite unpleasant, can also be very useful. It's frozen them, and they can't help but listen to what the angels have to say to them. I guess a lot of us are often afraid, aren't we? We're afraid of rejection, we're afraid of loneliness, of illness, of death. We're scared often about these things when they happen to us or when we think about them. My plea to you this Christmas is stop. Stop like the shepherds did and listen to the message of Christmas. 
The next emotion is joy. In, inside, out. Joy's in charge. Most important emotion. She's in charge, and she tells the others what to do. That's quite appropriate, because joy is a wonderful, profound emotion. I guess like happiness, um, but deeper, longer-lasting, more important. The shepherds find joy at Christmas. And they find something even better than is found in Inside Out. In Inside Out, the joy is found in the family, in the mum and the dad and the daughter together. That's where the joy is found, and I don't knock that. But at Christmas, let's remember that a lot of people, they don't have a family. Let's remember that some people's families are, quite frankly, dysfunctional, difficult. And even if you do have a family at Christmas, and I hope you do, and I hope you love being a family with your family at Christmas, there's something even better here that the uh, shepherds discovered. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I, give, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Good news of great joy the shepherds discovered. Two, two things about that, about that message. One, what is the message? Well, it's a gift. The message is a gift. It says it's joy for all the people. And you can imagine the shepherds going, what, even for us? Because they weren't particularly important, they were just ordinary people who were often away from society. Even for us, yes, even for you. And then the angels say, um, for unto you, for for you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. So the child is also a gift for all. And who is this child? Saviour, Christ and Lord. And that's the great good news of Christmas. A saviour, who, a rescuer, who will deal with our separation from God. Christ, the special anointed one, who had been uh, awaited for so many years, the Messiah. And finally, Lord, a God who demands your service and worship. A saviour who is Christ the Lord. That is the good news of Christmas. As Zechariah prophesied just before, just some months earlier, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. How could this not be joyful? It's so much better than anything else, that this Messiah so long awaited, so long dreamt or so long prophesied has finally come. Yes, God has come to be with his people, but even more so, this God is a saviour who will break down the walls that divide us from God. So what is the reaction? Luke goes on to tell us, they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. Now, amazement is not in Inside Out, sadly. Um, and it's a pity. 
because it's a great emotion, and maybe that will be an Inside Out 2, which I'm very excited about, it's coming out this year. Um, let me tell you something, uh, a, a story about when I was a teacher. I took a group of 16-year-old lads, about 20 of them, to the Lake District. And uh, we, we left Bradford, got on the coach, went up to Oldswater, to the Outward Bound Centre, and they got off the coach. It was April. There was still snow on the hills. It was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And this one lad, really tough lad from the streets of Bradford, if you like, just stopped rooted to the spot looking at these mountains and he turned to me and he said sir is that real snow now you could laugh couldn't you and he then said to me sir are they real mountains <laughs> oh yes yes it's real snow and it's real mountains he'd never seen real mountains and he'd never seen real snow on real mountains you know, and he was absolutely amazed. I wonder this Christmas whether we will be amazed. Um, we're not going to be amazed, are we, at the silence of a snow-covered landscape this uh, Christmas? Definitely not. It's unseasonably warm. Um, and, and maybe it's not the time of year to be um, amazed at the beauty and intricacy of flowers and insects or something like that. We might catch a glimpse of the night sky, which is pretty amazing. It's going to be a nice day on Boxing Day, so you might catch the night sky. The Bible talks about this kind of amazement. It says in Psalm 8, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers. And you might expect it to stop there and, and, and just allow us to think about how wonderful creation is. But it goes on. The moon and stars which you have set in place what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. That's the amazing bit. The amazing bit that the God who sent an army of angels to put the fear of God into the shepherds was then able to say, fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy. It is amazing that the creator who's loved us so much has come down to earth in a baby to be Christ. Saviour and Lord. 30 years after the first, well, sorry, 30 years after Jesus went to the cross, 60 years after the first Christmas, Paul reflects and says this, the Son, Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in all things hold together. But, he says, Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, we might want to say in human baby likeness, and then being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Probably tough guys those shepherds, the fear of God, but then even more profoundly, 
the joy of God and the amazement of what God had done and was doing for them. The creator God come as a man at that first Christmas to save us from our sins. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, thank you for the first Christmas and its message that the God who flung stars into space, the God who put the moon and the sun in place, came down because he loved us so much, came down to be our Saviour, our Lord, our long-promised Messiah. Thank you. I pray that this Christmas we will be surprised again by its message and amazed at what you have done for us. Amen. Amen.